All right, if you would stand, we'll continue with our service. Isaiah 38, verse 18 says, For the grave cannot praise thee, death cannot celebrate thee, they that go down into the pit cannot hope for thy truth. The living, the living, he shall praise thee as I do this day. The Father to the children shall make known thy truth. The Lord was ready to save me, therefore we will sing my song to the stringed instruments all the days of our life in the house of the Lord. It's good to be back in our place. Richard, would you open us in a word of prayer? Roman singing page 397, little is much God is in it.
shame of all mankind. And as he hung there dying, I was on his mind. His sacrifice and love some don't appreciate. But I would like to speak and set the record straight. That's my God. Just a myth or legend, his presence is not real, his word is not correct politically. They curse and mock his name defiantly. Oh, but time has never changed the changeless one. There cannot disprove the existence of God's Son. Though some may be content to justify, I for one will stand and testify. That's my God, and I love Him. That's my Jesus. Died for me, for all the world to hear. I'll say it loud and clear that's my God. That's my God, and I love Him. That's my Jesus. He died for We have a special speaker this afternoon, Mr. Jared Foster, come all the way from Oklahoma City to bring us this soul-stirring message that's been burning in his heart since, I don't know, about a week ago. But uh, do, uh, we do want to be praying for our young men in school and young ladies that God would uh, just lead and guide in their lives. I'm thankful uh, to be able to turn this pulpit over to you, Jared. Don't mess it up. <laughs> All righty, if you have your Bibles, we'll be in Galatians chapter number 2, if you would like to stand for the honor of reading God's Word. Um, we're going to be talking about living by faith, which is fitting for what Preacher talked about this morning, God's faithfulness, and just how we can return that by being faithful to Him. 
So we will start in verse number 16, and the beginning of Galatians, Paul is writing to the churches in Galatia because they had false teachers coming in, and they were starting to preach a gospel based on works. And Paul is addressing that here, and he really gets to the issue here in verses, starting in verse number 16, and he just deals with it, so we'll start there. It says, Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ, and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. But if, while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners, is therefore Christ the minister of sin? God forbid. For if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For I, through the law, am dead to the law, that I might live unto God. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for this time we have to be in your house. Just be with me as I... Uh, preach your word, just help, give me the words to say and get out of the way that you may be honored and glorified, Lord. Just help me to say what you've laid on my heart, and I pray that I'll this all in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So, with these false teachers coming in and teaching about this work of the law, of gospel based on works of the law, Paul got back to it, and he uh, brought us back to the fact that we are justified by Christ, and that's where we start here. It's based on the grace that God showed to us in giving his, his son to die for us, that we, when we receive him by faith, we are saved, and then we are justified by Christ, and we are freed from the law. And we all know that, and I know that's not an issue here, but that's just the context of where we are. And uh, we see here that just, um, Paul sets that straight in verse number 16, and then he moves to 17 and says, and if we... Uh, seek to be justified by Christ, and we also are found sinners, is therefore Christ the minister of sin. So this uh, brings us to what Paul is saying. He says, okay, we are justified by Christ through faith. We are not bound to by works. We are freed by, from uh, what Jesus did on the cross. We, our sins are nailed to the cross. Now we are now free. We have liberty. We have freedom to do good. The right, we have freedom to grow in our spiritual lives. And um, so if we are, have claimed to be justified by Christ, we claim to be Christians, and we are found sinners, are, we're, people are going to look at us and say, is God the minister of sin? Or if these guys are Christians and they're living in sin, then what, why, is God the minister of sin? Is this what he wants? And he, Paul says, God forbid. This is to show that we are not to be like this world. We are not to have the sin in our life. We are freed from those things. We are freed... From our flesh, but often we try to bring it back up, and people notice that. So um, he addresses this in verse 18 as well. He says, For if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. Um, he's in chapter 1 of this, of Galatians, verse number 4, um, he shows why God came to us and how Jesus came to us. He gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world. So as we are saved and justified through Christ, we are not to be bound by our sins anymore. We are freed from those things. We are freed to just grow and to produce the fruits of righteousness in our lives for, that may abound to our heavenly account for eternity. And we don't have to be bound by our things and things of this world. Proverbs 26 verse 11 says, As a dog returneth to his vomit, 
so a fool returneth to his folly. <laughs> this Thursday, we were in Indiana, and I had a stomach bug, and I was throwing up all day. N- anything that was going in, it was coming out. Nothing was setting down in there. But as, <laughs> when I throw up, I don't want to go back to that. I go back to the couch, and I lay down, and I say, okay, I am done. I do not want to throw up anymore. I am not going back to that. But as it <laughs> I wanted to be as far away from that as possible. But as, um, when we go back to our sin, it's like us going back to our vomit. Yeah. We, go, we sin, but we're saved from it. We're set apart from it. But then we look back, and we say, oh, but I want to, be, I want to come back to this. And we start eating our vomit. It's disgusting. I mean, it's so disgusting to God. God looks at that, and he's disgusted by it. He does not li- like it at all. But it's so easy for us in our pride to go, back to, us, to go back to it. But if we look at it from God's eyes, it's disgusting. And it's as us going back to vomit or us going back to our folly. And it's not what God has for us. Um, uh, verse, verse 19 shows what God has for us. It says, For I, through the law, am dead to the law, that I might live unto God. So now that we are justified, we are free from our sin, we are free to produce these fruits of righteousness and to live for God. We, don't, we can live unto God now by faith. We don't have to be bound by these things that are holding us down or our sin. We can go back to what God has for us. Um, and my favorite verse is verse number 20. It's my life verse, Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. I am crucified with Christ. When God was, Jesus Christ was crucified on the cross, when I accept that, I am crucified with him. My sins are up there now. God does not see me as a sinner. He sees me as righteous through Jesus Christ. And that is such a blessing. And that is what encourages me that yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live, I live in the flesh, I am stuck in this flesh. I have the temptations to go back to my vomit. I have the temptations to go and live like the world or just please myself. But I live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. As preacher was talking this morning, it was just uh, really a blessing to me as I was studying this. It's just how God is faithful to us in so many ways through every single day of our lives. I know many of our stories in here, God has just been faithful God has been faithful to me. He's, been given, he's given me a wonderful family, a wonderful parents to raise up in, a wonderful church to raise up, uh, be grown up in. And I, God has just proven himself faithful time and time and time again. And he will not stop proving himself faithful. So that gives us the ability to live by faith. There is no reason for us to not live by faith. He allows us to be led by the Holy Spirit to produce the fruits of righteousness that he desires of us to produce. Um, It is because of what he has done for us that we must be thankful and motivated to live our lives completely surrendered to him. And we know that this is not going to be easy. God promises quite the opposite. He promises that we will be persecuted, there will be hard times. And that's when it's easy for us to fall back and say, okay, well, if I surrender this, if I serve God here, then I'm going to be persecuted, so I'll just stay comfortable here. I'll just draw the line here, and I'll be comfortable here. But God wants us to go further. He wants to be us, us to be completely surrendered to him. And that's where humility comes in, and that's where it's hard for us because we have to get over ourselves, and that's the hardest thing right there. My first semester in Bible college, it seemed every class, every message or something, pride was just at the center of it, and God was just talking to me about pride, 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 because that's the center of all of our problems is us, our pride, 
our need to just get over ourselves and have humility, to let God lead us and produce that uh, fruits of righteousness in us. Um, And so even though there's going to be these hard times, there's going to be persecutions, God's grace will be sufficient. I love verse 21. It says, Paul says, I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. God's grace will be sufficient. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So even in our infirmities and when the hard times come, when we're humbling ourselves, we're giving ourselves to God, we're growing, we're uh, changing things in our lives that he shows, to us, shows us to change, and then the hard times come, we can glory in those things. We can thank God and praise him for those things because he will be faithful to bring us through just as he was faithful to bring us through then. And he will continue to bring us faith, uh, be faithful and bring us out of those things and grow us and produce fruits of righteousness and People will be saved and churches will be growing and will be serving God and it will be a blessing. But it's just that point of that, deci- that deciding is, okay, am I going to give to self here and am I going to be comfortable or am I going to be humble, surrender it, and let God work and trust him and live by faith. God has shown so much more grace to us than we deserve. He sent his son to die for us and fills our lives with daily blessings. And how prideful of us is it to think that we just overlook this grace and we live for ourselves rather than for him. It's so silly, but it happens way more than it should. Um, uh, I looked up the word frustrate here, and it means to make ineffectual bring to nothing, to make invalid or of no effect. It is so prideful of us to think we would just think so much of ourselves that we would just make no make God's grace of sending his son to die on the cross for us that maybe be saved to make it of no effect to just live comfortable lives doing nothing for him we're frustrating the grace of God and i'm sure it is frustrating to God when he has done all these things for us and he's been faithful and he's given us these opportunities to tell other people but we just decide i'm not going to witness today cuz it's not comfortable for me it's not what i want to do and it's making God's grace of no effect. If he's gracious for nothing, then what are we doing? We are to use this grace to be our motivation to go push forward and to serve him. Um, and I know it might be silly. You say, Jared, you're only 19. How do you know how to live by faith? I mean, you're, you've lived in your, under your parents and all that. And you don't have to support a family. You don't have to make decisions about a job, about where you'll live, about all these things. But I also think it's silly to not think that the God who is faithful to Abraham, who is faithful throughout the whole Bible, I know that the Bible is true and can be trusted. I know God can be trusted. I know if we live by faith, then he's going to bless us no matter, just as we live by faith and allow him to work through us. It's, <laughs> I believe that if we truly humble ourselves in every decision and let God work in us, no matter the difficulty or no matter what it costs us, that God is going to bless and bless us and continue to use us and continue to grow us and let us to be used more. Um, the question is, are we going to get over ourselves and what we want to do, or are we going to uh, allow God to have complete control over our lives? It's truly what the verse, uh, verse number 20 says, 
this is yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. That should be our daily goal. That should be our motivation. That should be what we strive for, is to let God live through us. Um, since God is faithful and gracious, then we can trust him. We can trust him with our day-to-day decisions. And I know even just being at college, I've had to trust him more as I'm not under my parents' authority the whole time. I'm having to make decisions on my own. I'm having to just do what I find in God's word and just my time with him to be right and to make the right decisions and to grow and to allow him to mold me. It's just that daily putting down of self, which is so hard to do because we are so prideful. But God is worthy of it. He has been so gracious to us. He has been so kind. And he deserves nothing less than our complete and total devotion. So the question is, are you going to live for him by faith and rely on his strength to, let you, to get you through each and every day? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, just thank you so much for this time in your word. Just thank you for your graciousness to, towards us and the fact that we can trust you with our lives. and put our faith in you. Lord, just help us to do that each and every day and to serve you. We love you, and I just thank you for this opportunity you gave me. Uh, Just help it to be a blessing. I know it's a blessing to me, and I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Jared, I appreciate that message. It's good and deep and just is good stuff. Really appreciate it. Um, we're going to uh, dismiss. I would remind you Wednesday night, uh, we've been showing some videos about Baptist history. We'll show another one of those this week. Uh, we do have Brother Chuck's ordination on Friday night. Would encourage you to come out just to encourage them and uh, be praying for them. We mentioned uh, that uh, this morning that they need a place to live. Uh, living in the car is going to be a little hard uh, for him. We'll keep the girls. Uh, and he can live in the car out there. and It's going to be hard enough for him to come back and visit the babies. But anyhow, um, we'll be praying for them. God will put all the pieces together. We know he will. And uh, supply all the needs. And so we just uh, pray for those things to show up so we'll know 
the direction he's leading and guiding that way. Remember to pray for the Reichels. They're uh, really sick. Um, been talking back and forth with Bob this week. And uh, now Miss Helen's uh, just continue. And now Bob's got sickness. And so if you would pray for them. And uh, remember to pray for the Hodges and their son, John. Good to be in the Lord's house. God bless you for being here. We'll be dismissed in prayer. Brother Stephen, why don't you leave that word?